<laughs> it's playtime! Hey kids, it's me, Quacker Jack. I'm a. Uh, I hate to support that demented duck and say that you're listening to Saint Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. But it's better than playing Whittle Boy. Besides, Mr. Banana Brain says it's really a great show, Joe. <laughs> Playtime today, folks. It's Quacker Jack. Oh, yes, he is here. Welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Will Santana, and I'm all alone today. Uh, for some reason, I couldn't get a hold of Mike, my co-host. I kept calling and calling and calling, but for some reason, he just wouldn't answer. But you know what, guys? Honestly, I'm okay with that because it's Qua- who is this calling me right now? Who is this? Hello? Will? Will, is that you? Oh, man, how'd you get through? I don't know. Somebody stuck to my house last night and cut off my Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. Well, they should have yeah. cut it again. I don't need you today. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And my co-host is? I'm Mike Russo, and do I really look fat? <laughs> oh, man. What's going on, Mike? Um, Things are good. Things are good. It's, you know, it's funny. I, I think out of the Quacker Jack episodes, I think I actually like this one more than you do, as much as he's your baby. I love this episode, man. Um, this, let's go ahead and talk about it really quick, you know, you know, before we get into the episode. This episode, I personally do think is better than Wiffle. The problem is Wiffle has more sentimental value to me. Yeah, and you've said that. Yeah, and I, I don't know why, though, this episode, when people talk Quacker Jack, it, it never comes up for some reason. I don't know. That makes no sense to me. Yeah, to me... As far as like quality wise, I think it's ranked number two of the of his solo episodes. I think mm-hmm. it's ranked number two. Sentimental, it's ranked number three. Um, I, I, to me, there's no question on debating number one. I think that's the obvious choice. What number one is for him as a solo episode? Um, well, I may need to debate you on that one. Hey, 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 hey watch you, your mouth. We're gonna have to take when, it outside. <laughs> when you consider the episode you're talking about. He's mm-hmm. not really the star of that one. He's this, not. This, but... this, this one, though, this is like definitive Quacker Jack. Like, it is. Absolutely. It is. But... Like if somebody said, show me the best Quacker Jack, the one where if I watch it, I know exactly who this character is. I don't think I would show your favorite. I would definitely go to this one. As much I... as your favorite is actually truly fantastic, this mm-hmm. one's more definitive in my mind. The, the thing is, I'm just going to debate it real quick. Um, the thing is, even though the episode we're talking about that's ranked number one, in my opinion, the reason why I, I still feel it falls under Quacker Jack is kind of like Night of the Living Spud still falls under Bushroom. Oh, yeah. You know, no so argument like, there. Yeah, so like that's why I still feel this one is ranked number one. I mean, not not this one, but the one we're talking. You know what? <laughs> that episode we're, <laughs> we're referring to, I've never mentioned on our podcast, and it seemed to stomp a lot of people for our giveaway. And that episode is my favorite episode. I'm finally giving it away. <laughs> you know, it's my favorite Darkwing Duck episode of all time. Well, as um, much as you talk about that one, you talk about our hot spells a lot more. I so do. I, I don't I think, blame people for thinking that one's your favorite. I think what it was, I was. Uh, I was secretly trying to keep it under the radar as my favorite episode. It's kind of like when I first started doing music videos, I never made cameos. Uh, my social media accounts never had any photos of me. So right. if you know, if you had never met me in person, you had no idea who I was. And I purposely did that as like a, a branding strategic move. And then 
I was kind of doing that with this, but I think the cat's out of the bag now. People started catching on. It's got to be then this one, you know? So the gig yeah. is up. The gig is up. We know what my favorite episode of all time is now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but <Yes>. before, <laughs> before we get into this episode, Mike, the title of this episode, we have to talk about something really quick. Yeah, uh, of course. What, what's the name of today's episode? Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, of course, that's a play on words because if you say it really fast, Toys R Us. But of course, the middle word is Czar, C Z A R, mm-hmm. which is a rush, like a Russian ruler. Um, and that's kind of what Quackerjack tries to be in this episode a ruler of his own kingdom. He mm-hmm. calls himself a Toy Czar. So the whole play on words is Toys Czar Russ. And of course, in like five or six years, most kids are not going to know what Toys R Us is because that's been gone a while already. Mm-hmm. But I think we should talk about Toys R Us. Yeah, man. Um, were you a Toys R Us kid? You didn't want to grow up? <laughs> no, I did not want to grow up. I was a Toys R Us kid. I loved Toys R Us till the very end, honestly. Yeah. I, I love Toys R Us. I did. I, I didn't grow up near Toys R Us that much because, you know, in the military base, they have uh, what's called the PX. And the PX is like the the, the military post's um, Walmart. Uh, mm-hmm. Some some people may call it AFES. So for all you military brats out there, y'all know what I'm talking about. AFES, the PX, RX, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I've never mm-hmm. heard of that. Okay, so. well, yeah, well, in the PX, they had a toy section. It was pretty big, at least all the military bases I lived on. And they had the video games, they had the toys, mm-hmm. action figures. And that's where we would always go. And the layaway was always next to it. So, like, when, when Dad said, oh, I can't afford it right now, layaway, Dad, layaway, layaway. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, yeah, yeah man. But, but I did look. Rust, man. Yeah, I definitely did love Toys R Us. Um, when we did go there, my dad would say it was a little expensive, but then we would tell him, but the PX don't have these, Dad. Come on, Dad, you know? <laughs> That's where we did most of our toy shopping when we were kids. Mm-hmm. It's just I still remember going into those stores. Like, the the, the the shelves felt, like, five times taller than I was. Like, they, had, they seemed to have everything. I remember when I was a kid, you would go to a Toys R Us, and the video game section, you had to pick... Uh, the papers with the name of the video game on it, and you brought it to a desk where the video, where the video games were behind glass. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember that? Yeah, I definitely remember that. Like, you'd see the games, and they would have like, these these packets with all these papers inside, and if they were empty, that meant the game was sold out. Yeah. And you would take the paper, and you'd walk it to the back of the store, and it was this whole process to get your game. I remember buying Mega Man 2 that way, a whole bunch of games. Yeah, I loved I th- that process. I think that's how they were doing the bicycles toward the end before Toys R Us closed. I remember like the bicycles, you still had to get that paper slip and then take it to the back and then they would go get the bike for you. Uh, you would get lucky if it was put together or it was still in the box, you know? Yeah, you um, had to do that at Toys R Us. They didn't have room for all the bikes. Yeah. Um, Mike, real quick before we jump in, last thing I want to mention about Toys R Us because I, I like to share things from my childhood and I know mm-hmm. this, this people may please don't look at my father wrong for this, you know, the different era, different time. But I remember when we used to go to Toys R Us and my dad would yell at us before we got in there, me and my brother. And he would say, when we go in there, don't you embarrass me. Don't you start crying because you want this toy. You want that video game, blah, blah. And me and my brother used to look at each other and stuff like as he started walking away. Did he just yell at us for something we might do? You know, (laughs) (laughs) he's covering his bases. Yeah. You know, and then my dad was like, no, I ain't yelling at you for something you might do. Remember where we parked. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, yeah man. So it was kind of cool. Funny. My dad was yeah, you know, my dad. He he. I guess he was putting his foot down. Don't you embarrass me? Don't you be that kid crying and screaming, and throwing the tantrums? You know. I I recall being dragged out of Toys R Us crying when I was a kid. I rec- <laughs> I recall it. Um, a lot of times it probably had something to do with the Ninja Turtles. You know, <laughs> if I found something I didn't have already at the toy store and I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. That was that was hard. I couldn't deal with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I still went. To, I went still went to Toys R Us no matter how old I got because I collected all sorts of action figures when I got older. Um, and we were still going when my daughter was young, right before they closed, and she really enjoyed it. I mean, it's disappointing that it's gone. Oh, okay. I mean, it's such an it was such an experience going to a mm-hmm. Toys R Us and just knowing it's just a whole store full of nothing but toys. 
I mean, it was like a destination. You had to go there every so often, and now that it's gone, there's nowhere like it. Yeah. You know, it, it's a it's a shame. Yeah, man. I got to shout out KB Toy Story and Babbage's, man. Those were my other spots, man, I used to go to. <laughs> KB, KB was great for deep discounted older toys. Like mm-hmm. you would find Star Wars action figures that were 10 years old for like 99 cents. Mm-hmm. Like you never found that at Toys R Us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was a big shame when that store closed too. Now if you want toys, you have to go to Target. Yeah. Although now as we're dealing with Corona, if you want toys, your best bet is to buy them on Amazon and wait all the weeks you have to wait now. Mm-hmm. Different world. Yeah. Now, Mike, uh, for those who are listening to us for the first time, where can they find us at, man? You can find us in lots and lots of places. We're on so many podcast apps, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, um, iTunes, you know, iTunes, Apple, uh, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. You can speak into your Amazon Echo and ask to play the St. Canard Files, and it'll play it for you. It'll play the newest episode. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio and Pandora. And, of course, we're on YouTube. And we don't just have the podcast episodes on YouTube. We also post videos, sometimes things that we find, you know, commercials and other Darkwing Duck random videos. Also, we make our own videos, different things that we do. So definitely subscribe to our um, YouTube page. And wherever you listen to us on your podcast app, subscribe as well. So we are really, we're everywhere. It's so easy to find us. And Mm -hmm. Will, do you have any shout outs today? Yeah, I want to shout out uh, April Vasquez. I pronounced it correctly this time. Sorry about that, April. So she was Hi, one April. of our, yeah, she was one of our giveaway winners. She was so excited to win that mega vote. I also want to shout out uh, Terry Jefferson, uh, the winner of the Monty Cheese Funko Pop, <laughs> and uh, Dominic Continado. Uh, he's been he's very active on our page. He shares a lot of our posts. I don't know if I've shot him out though. I, I don't remember if I gave him any love. I don't think so. Okay, so yeah, man. Uh, shout out to Dominic, man. Appreciate all the love you've been giving us, and those are my shout outs. And you know, congratulations to the winners of our giveaway, man. Mm-hmm. Congrats, guys. Hopefully, you've gotten your pops by now. Oh yeah, I by know, the time this airs. <laughs> well, I, I know the mail service is pretty slow, but I think you've probably gotten them by now and enjoy them. All right, and a shout out to all the Quacker Jack fans. If Quacker Jack is your number one villain, this one's for you. I love you guys to death. Quacker Jack loves us to death. <laughs> does he he does man he'll, he'll play us to death he'll bore us to death with that doll of his yeah, um man. so let's get started uh toys r us all um, right so what's our production air date order mike okay it originally aired monday november 11th 1991 which was actually veterans day um and it was 40th in production order it was um the second with quacker jack so, and Days of Blunder came immediately after n- number 41, even though that one aired a long time already. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode was written by Ellen Sfako and Colleen Tabor. They both wrote Whiffle While You Work. Oh, so, okay. so they've already done a Quacker Jack episode. Mm-hmm. This one feels like, you know, I agree Whiffle was a good episode, but this one feels like they knew they could do even better. Yeah. And they made an effort to, like, really define who Quacker Jack was. Because I think we were in agreement. We kind of get who he was in Wiffle, but he wasn't really fleshed out as much and then drifted into the background in that last act. Mm-hmm. I remember you saying that. But in this one, this one is Quacker Jack's. This is a definitive Quacker Jack episode. This one truly lets you know what this character is like. Absolutely. Was... Really quick, man. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, man, but... I don't understand why even Quacker Jack fans don't talk about this episode. I don't know either. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, <laughs> Wiffle While You Work is his first episode. And, you know, The Haunting of Mr. Banana Brain is fantastic for so many reasons. And everyone loves his episodes with Megavolt. Mm-hmm. This one does just does not come up very much. I don't understand why. I don't either, man. This one gets no love, but it's like one of the best ones. (laughs) And before I forget, the story editor this time was Dwayne Capizzi again. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of episodes with him. And um, the animation this time, and this is a big part of why this episode is also so strong. Disney Japan is back, um, sending sending the work over to Tama. And we've discussed Tama is the best, one of the best Japanese studios. This one looks fantastic. Um, It looks amazing, dude. The Japanese artists really nail what Quacker Jack is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. They really, really do. And there's so much attention to detail on all of his toys, especially the toy teeth. 
<laughs> and just a lot of the drawings and expressions, especially on uh, Darkwing and Goslin, are really, really well done. There's some great atmosphere. You think you told me you think the colors pop really well in this one. Yeah, they do, especially on Quacker Jack, like even everywhere in the toy stores. I love the drawings of the. I'm kind of jumping no, the gun here. I'm jumping the gun a little bit. Uh, the the flamethrower soldiers at the end. Woo, boy, they look great, man. This this one's got some freaky background drawings of Quacker Jack's Toy Kingdom too. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of really cool stuff. No, like absolutely like standout scenes that it's like, whoa, that animation's fantastic. But lots of just great animation all around. It's just, it's a fun episode. It looks great. It's one of Quacker Jack's finest. Let's get started with what happens in this episode, because I can't wait to talk about it. All right. We start off, we got Gauze playing baseball. She's in the school hallway, and she hits the ball into Principal Farnworth's office. Yes. I don't want to go too much further without mentioning there's a whole bunch of kids in the hallway with her. Mm -hmm. At least three of them. Um, there's a girl in a blue dress, a boy in a plaid green shirt, and a pig in blue overalls. Those three kids were taken directly from DuckTales. Now, I know you're a DuckTales fan. Remember, this, oh, it makes me cringe a little bit, the Bubba song? Oh, God, why did you bring that up? <laughs> the, these, three yeah. kids, these three kids were backup singers in the Bubba song. Ooh. And I guess they just decided we need a bunch of kids to stand around Goslin. Let's bring in these three kids. We have their models. We know what they look like. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, when I see this, I immediately think of DuckTales and especially that ugh, that Bubba song. Um, yeah, yeah, let's move on. Don't ruin this episode for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so you mentioned Principal Farnsworth. Mm -hmm. We have a voice actor we haven't seen yet. Um, her name was Linda Gary. Okay, she's a voice actress. Her work goes back to the late 70s. Um, a lot of the usual stuff, of course. You know, Hanna-Barbera, you know, you can probably imagine. But she was part of the main cast for He-Man and She-Ra. Did you watch that growing up? I watched He-Man. I didn't watch She-Ra, though. No, yeah, I watched He-Man. My sister watched She-Ra. She was Tila. She was Evil Lynn. Um, she was in all those episodes. And she was also on DuckTales, Gummy Bears, Tailspin, and Bonkers. Sadly, though, she passed away in 1995 at the age of 50. Um, that's a shame. She does this character and she does the mom a little bit later in the episode. Mm -hmm. Henry's so, mom, right? Yes, Henry's okay. mom. We'll meet Henry a little bit later. Okay. So, so Principal Farnworth, you know, she asked Goslin over to her office. And did you catch the really cool scene transition? The axe yeah. swing, the axe swings past the camera. Mm -hmm. you know, Gos, Goslin's in trouble. Yeah. Um, so we cut to the toy store. So, Will, what's going on at the toy store? Darkwing's he's investigating a robbery at the toy store. Yeah, and, uh, all, the, he's, all the toys are gone. Yeah, he's talking to the... They never say the guy's name, do they? The toy store owner? Yeah, that's Jim, by the way. Mm, I, I, I couldn't tell that was Jim, so that one threw me off a little bit. He sounds, you know, sorry to mention the name of the show, he sounds exactly like Bonkers. Oh, God. So, uh... <laughs> Stop ruining this episode, Mike. <laughs> Oh, um, but that that's how I knew it was Jim. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so the toy store owner is there with Darkwing. What, what's going on? He's looking for clues, and he finds one of the toy tees, and it has a, a special logo on it. Mm-hmm. Whose logo? It's my favorite villain, Quacker Jack. <laughs> yep, Quacker Jack. The toy teeth are in this episode a lot, actually. Yeah. And then uh, we get the Flash Quack. Is it the Flash Quack, or is it, it kind of was, kind of wasn't? A really interesting use of the Flash Quack in this episode. I don't really know if it is the Flash Quack, because for the only time it's used so Launchpad could talk to Darkwing. Because mm -hmm. I find it odd that Launchpad's not there. Yeah, what you know? does he inform Darkwing of? That uh, you know, he needs to go to Goslin School for a parent-teacher conference. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, while uh, while Drake is there, he's begging for mercy. And but Principal Farnsworth is just suggesting he reads a book entitled The Perfect Parent. Yeah, you know, the direction in the scene is a little weird. Mm -hmm. Um, Farnsworth mentions, you know, Goslin's been caught playing baseball in the hall. Then she pulls out like a paddle and she like taps her hand with it and she's like, Do you know what this means? And she looks really stern and Drake panics, like, No, 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 don't take it on her, punish me, punish me. And she's like, No, no, no. Do you want some brie and crackers? And I'm guessing the paddle was a cheese cutting board, but like the the she makes him think she's gonna physically hurt Goslin. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> well, back in and back in those days, I did hear about <laughs> other schools do, using those paddles. Uh, I saw it in a few of my principal's office, but I ain't never get paddled. But I did hear some stories though. Yeah, but I guess <laughs> the whole joke is it's she doesn't she isn't gonna do that. She's just gonna she just used the board to cut the cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you know whatever. You know, she gives him the book, the perfect parent, so he can read it while he's at home. Yep. And you know what's funny? She does make make a mention of him having a hard time because he's a single parent. That doesn't really come up much in this show. You know, no one ever talks about how he's a single parent, how hard it must be. And um, you know, I like they mention that. I feel like it's pretty important to touch on that once in a while. Yep. Especially for our pops, man. Dads don't get that much love, man. No, they really don't. <laughs> okay, so so Drake is at home. He's trying to read the book and do housework at the same time. And he's trying to do laundry. He's cooking. He's cleaning. He's vacuuming. Yeah, <laughs> not going very well. Not I, at all. <laughs> I, I, I do love he's engrossed in the book, and he's putting scoop after scoop after scoop of uh, washing detergent into mm-hmm. the uh, the washing machine. He's not paying attention to it. And when he gets up, he's too engrossed in thinking about what Quacker Jack is doing that he takes the whole box and throws it in the washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually, yeah, the bubbles are filling up the house. He's burning He's burning dinner. He sucks up the, um, the rug with the vacuum cleaner. He can't do two things at the same time. He obviously, mm-hmm. he cannot multitask. Nah. But then nope. we get a phone call. Mm-hmm. Yep. Quacker Jack is at the toy store. Yep. So DW's heading over Yep. Yeah, so we finally get to see Quacker Jack. We haven't seen him yet. Mm-hmm. So Quacker Jack is here. He's there, and uh, he's he's complaining. His toys are not being sold. Yeah, he wants to. You know, his his goal is to you know he steal all the toys, replace them with his own because he wants the kid kids to buy his toys. And you know, the toy store owner is like, you know, kids are not going to buy dangerous toys. Mm-hmm. You know, abs- you know, absolutely not. You know, they wouldn't buy your toys. And for the first time in production order, we see his little army men. Yep. Who are designed like humans, which is interesting. <laughs> they have human noses, at least. Yeah. And he says, you know, my toys aren't dangerous. They're misunderstood. And some are even educational. Oh, what, does he t- what does he take out? Oh, the Mr. History doll. This is the worst, man. <laughs> He'll simply bore you to death. <laughs> <laughs> But then and we get a weird entrance from DW, Mike. Yeah, we get a cloud of pink smoke. Was it pink? And yeah. Okay. And I, th- I couldn't tell if it was pink and reddish. I was like, that's different. And he, he even comments about it. Yeah, he comes in. His entrance is, I am the check writer in the cash only line. And then he turns around and looks at the pink smoke and he goes, I'm obviously out of my trademark blue smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and we get a running gag here. Quacker Jack calls him a big fat spoil sport. Mm-hmm. And Darkwing pinches his stomach and goes, Do I really look fat? <laughs> and that's, that's, yeah, that's going to that's gonna pay off later. Yeah, it keeps going on this episode. But then the toy teeth attack him. Yep. Quacker Jack bounces right out of the toy store, and Darkwing has to deal with the toy teeth. How does he get rid of the toy teeth? He throws them a bone. <laughs> it's no ordinary doggy bone, though. No? I missed something then. It explodes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it explodes. And um, Quacker Jack gets away. And we do see Launchpad, you know, really. You know, we saw him quickly in the Flash Quack, but he doesn't have much to do in this episode. But we get to see him a little bit. He comes in, and Quacker Jack put a jack-in-the-box on Launchpad's head. And his, head is, on a, his head is on a spring. Yeah. yeah. And um, they, it's interesting, though. You see him with the, quack, the jack-in-the-box on his head for one shot. And Launchpad's like, sorry, he got away. And then the next shot, Launchpad's still talking like that, but the Jack in the Box isn't on his neck. Oh, I did not catch that glitch, man, or that error. So, I didn't catch it. So, so there must have been an, there must have been some miscommunication between the script and the animation that Launchpad lost the Jack in the Box, but Terry was directed to keep talking like it was still on his head. Because mm-hmm. um, he's like, maybe we can scope out the place after dinner. It's like lunch pads are fine. There's no Jack in the Box anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Darkwing can't go back and keep doing his job because he has to help Goslin with her homework, and he has a roast in the oven. Yeah. So again, he cannot multitask. He can't do two things. Mm-hmm. Quick scene in Goslin's bedroom. They're doing a science experiment. 
Yeah, it seemed like a chemistry type thing, but it was they were yeah. supposed to be making mouthwash. <laughs> yeah, but the the concoction eats right through her table, right into the floor. Yeah. You know, Goslin concedes. You know, it will get rid of the germs that cause bad breath. It would probably put holes in your teeth, but you know. Um, the phone rings again, though. It's Launchpad. You know, Quacker Jack's back at the toy store. Yep. So, so Dre takes off. Back to the toy store for the yep, third this- time. Yep, Quacker Jack's upset. All his toys are missing again, and parents just parents are not buying his toys. No, the toy store owner tries to tell him that, and he's like, "No, you know, he's going to prove they're not dangerous." So I love this scene. He goes up to an old, older lady and her son, and the, the lady the lady gets one line. Yeah, the son's name is Henry. The lady is voiced by Linda Gary again. He's like he he has this very professional voice. He does. He's like, why don't you try a tasteful Quacker Jack toy? And it's a puppy. And as the kid goes to pet it, its jaws open up. It's got these gigantic teeth the size of steak knives. The thing roars like a jaguar and almost takes the kid's hand off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The mother has to run away with the child. And uh, and it happens so fast where this this puppy almost eats this kid. It's great. It is great. Man, his teeth were so sharp, though, man. Did you see the, that puppy's teeth, though? Man, yeah. Woo! <laughs> it's that gigantic, sharp teeth. This poor kid almost lost his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but Darkwing shows up again. No entrance, no smoke. He just shows up. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Quacker Jack jumps into a toy box. Um, roller skates end up on Darkwing's feet. And Darkwing crashes into another toy box. And Quacker Jack pulls out the big guns. Yep. And yep. Uh, he, the inflating Bobo punching bag. Yep, you'll get a bang on a bobo, Quacker Jack says. Mm-hmm. And it starts to inflate. This thing is huge. It takes up the entire store. He bounces out again. That looked like the same scene that they showed, like the same artwork that they did, animation I, for the... I think they repeated it just to yeah. be easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Darkwing has to escape this giant inflating punching bag. So he notices that the toy store has a skylight. Mm-hmm. So he, he shoots his grappling hook, climbs up the punching bag, climbs up the skylight. He makes a funny comment, which the more you think about it, the more it doesn't make sense. He says his correspondence course in mountaineering really pays off. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a correspondence course is, right? No. No. That's when you're taking a course in something through the mail. Oh, can okay. I Can I ask you how you can learn to climb mountains through the mail? <laughs> right the more you think about it the more it's like that doesn't make any sense know, you can't right? learn to climb you can't learn to climb mountain through the mail that's part of the that's obviously part of the joke um but he throws his grappling hook behind him hits the punching bag as it's coming out of the skylight the whole top of the building explodes mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh Darkwing crashes to the ground launchpad asks him if he's okay what broke his fall the panda but it isn't any ordinary panda. That's one of Quacker Jack's exploding pandas. Yep. <laughs> so Darkwing gets blown up again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we get a nice, like, speech from Launchpad after this happens. He 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 vouches to raise Gauze as his own if anything happens to to DW. <clears throat> right before he walks into a pole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Darkwing realizes that something could happen to him, and he doesn't mm-hmm. want Goslin to be on a perfect parent. So. Yeah. He has to make a tough decision. Yep. So, but, Go- Goslin comes home. Yeah, she comes home with Honker, and I don't know who that third person was. Yeah, who the heck is this kid? I don't know, man. But he's they, like, show, he, they show him one more time later on in the episode, but they he looks never... Like, he, looks like Honker, he looks like Honker if someone stretched him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Drake shows up when they come in the house where he's got cookie, he's got an apron on. <laughs> Remember way back in days of blunder, when I said, once Drake stops being dark wing, he loses his masculinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is an example of that. He not only has the apron on, listen to his voice. <laughs> like he's not even trying to sound tough. Yeah. You know, he's, he's gotten so frilly and he's embarrassing the heck out of Goslin. In yeah. fact, Honker and this and the other kid, they leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, Drake breaks the news to Goslin. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, that he's not going to crime fight anymore. He's done. He's retired. Mm-hmm. He tells her from now on, it's just you and me. Yeah. He he tells her he's going to be a full time parent, but Gos wants him to keep fighting crime though. 
He tells her the police will take care of it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but and then that, he breaks the bad news. She's going to be in a school play, Mike. Oh, that's awful. Oh, she, <laughs> Goslin is not happy about that. And mm -hmm. he's directing it. <laughs> so if it wasn't embarrassing enough, her father is directing it. Mm -hmm. Oh, poor Goz. Poor, poor Goz. Yeah, and but then we get uh, Launchpad and Drake. They're they're promoting the play. They're putting flyers, billboards. They're they're everywhere right now. Yeah, billboard with Goslin's face on it, <laughs> with a star oh. around it. <laughs> yeah, again, poor Goslin. That must be humiliating. Mm -hmm. And you know, Drake falls off the billboard, and when Launchpad runs to catch him, the flyers fall into the sewer. I love. This shot of Quacker Jack, I had it as my profile picture. I love the animation of it, the look of it, to have we, Quacker Jack on the throne. Before we even get to Quacker Jack, first mm -hmm. of all, having a hideout in the sewers is just really creepy to begin with. Mm -hmm. Like, as fun as Quacker Jack can be and as playful as the toys, his hideout is in the sewers. That's, that's like, that's, he's creepy in this one to a certain extent. And there's um there's a there's a, a pan shot across the background. If you pause it and take a look, some of these toys are so horrific. There's a jack in the box with three eyes and this gigantic clawed hand. It's it's really creepy. But then they pan over to Quacker Jack and just keep going, Will. I know you love this scene. This I think by is easily one of the greatest shots of Quacker Jack of all the episodes where he's just sitting on the throne with Mr. Banana Brain and it just looks like he he's the king of toys. He, he's he, the he, king. And I love his throne is made of Tinker Toys, um, I think Erector sets and um, Legos. Mm -hmm. And his whole throne's made of that stuff. And yeah, he has Banana Brain with him. Um, so by production order, this is our first uh, Banana Brain. The real mm, Banana the Brain. The real Banana Brain. Much better than that that Oh, that, that scary one from Whipple While You Work. <laughs> he doesn't call him Mr. Banana Brain, but he does call him his Banana Brain friend. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Banana Brain also talks. He does talk. The only time in the episode he says one thing, but he does talk. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you get the impression for the first time that Quacker Jack truly does think Banana Brain is real because mm -hmm. Banana Brain points out a hole in his plan. Because Quacker Jack says what he's going to do is surround himself with children and have them buy his toys. Mm -hmm. And they're going to call him the Toy Czar. And then yeah. Banana Brain says, but where are you going to get the kids? Mm -hmm. And then Quacker Jack is like, there's a name for people like you. <laughs> <laughs> but then what floats down and he catches it? The flyer. Uh-huh. The end of this act where you see the close-up of the flyer and you mm -hmm. see like banana, he pushes Banana Brain's face towards it, and he goes, "It's playtime." Yep. Oh, that's the second, it's, it's, yeah, that's the second time he said it in this episode too. It's a great way to end the act. And mm -hmm. thinking on Quacker Jack, perfect. And again, this works partly because Disney Japan really knows how to draw him. Mm -hmm. Like he is drawn so well in this scene and throughout the episode. He isn't a complicated design, but. Japan just they drew him so so well. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, next so scene. Quacker Jack, yeah, the, the the plan is to recruit the kids from the play. Right. Yeah, to buy his toys. Mm-hmm. That, that's so, the plan. So backstage, Goslin and all the kids are upset. Um, we get tank, tanks here. Um only occasion where tank is just part of the gang. Mm -hmm. He isn't the bully, he isn't being mean to anybody. Tank is just part of the crew. Yeah, and that's kind of an interesting way to use him. I kind of wish they did that more with him. Um, he still stands out a little bit, though. He does. He does. Yeah. And we get our first line from Honker. Honker mentions he likes being a rock. The play <laughs> is the play is called the um, what is it? What is what does Drake call it? The Cookie Crumb Fairy. And <laughs> the kids are dressed as rocks and trees and all sorts of things. Goslin's a princess. You know she mm -hmm. can't stand that. Like I said, Honker likes being a rock. He mm -hmm. asks if he looks more like quartz or limestone, because, you know, Honker would say that. And Tank is upset because Drake cut his napalm scene. <laughs> I, I, I don't even want to know what that was about, but that's so Tank. Mm -hmm. So Gosland wants to stage a mutiny. She wants to leave. Go get some yep. pizza. But then Quacker Jack shows up. Yes. I mean, Drake shows up briefly and tells him to get, you know, get ready. But then, yeah, but then as soon as Drake leaves, Quacker Jack shows up. 
And he confronts the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, how would you like to come with me to a happy place full of glee? And the kids are kind of buying it. Not really. But he mentioned that they, they don't have to be in the play. And they Man, like that, that idea. I hate to set, put this on a Darkwing episode, but when Quacker Jack is like trying to persuade him, he, he comes off like a pedophile, man. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I think this might be Quacker Jack's darkest episode because he's targeting mm-hmm. kids. But Tank like ain't he... feeling the toys, though. What? I said, but Tank ain't feeling the toys. No, Tank is an older kid. He says he doesn't he doesn't care for the toys. Mm-hmm. But then Quacker Jack pulls out his Destructo toys. He yeah. pulls out a, a mini chainsaw. I've never seen Tank smile so big. Mm-hmm. The look on Tank's face, he is thrilled. He that's all Tank needs to know. Goslin's protesting because she's the only one who's met Quacker Jack before. Mm-hmm. Honker really doesn't have much of a history with Quacker Jack. This is the only episode with Quacker Jack that Honker really factors in. If we don't count the Negaverse one, which doesn't really count anyway because it's a different Honker. Yeah. Um, so the kids go and Tank, um, you know, forces Honker to go along with him. Otherwise, I think Honker would have sided with Goslin. Yeah. And uh, Goslin stands her ground, but Quacker Jack sends toy teeth after her. Mm-hmm. And she says, um, I've seen better teeth than a rusty zipper. Yeah. Good insult. Well, you know, now that Drake, Drake, the, he starts the intro to the play, but. He has no cast. Nope. Curtains open and nobody. Nobody so at he, all. So he needs LP to stall. <laughs> did you catch what Launchpad says? No. What, what did he say? You don't hear what Townie references? Oh, uh, Duckburg. He, he did yep. reference Duckburg, yeah. I just flew in from Duckburg and boy are my arms tired. <laughs> nice to hear Duckburg referenced once in a while. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's Launchpad saying it. Yeah, so we got LP stalling. But then back in uh in the sewer, Quacker Jack realizes the kids can't pay for the toys. Yeah, because he didn't factor in the uh, the very very real reality that kids don't have spending power. No, the parents do. <laughs> no, no, and he tries to sell a brass knuckle yo-yo to Tank. The thing is thirty bucks. Tank doesn't have the money. Mm-hmm. So um, Quacker Jack gets this lunatic idea, completely goofball idea, that he'll put the kids to work making his toys, he will pay them to make his toys, and then they can buy his toys. <laughs> so the money comes I, back right back to him. Well, I love the guy too, but he isn't all there. <laughs> <laughs> um, great, great exchange between Honker and Tank. on the. They, they basically chain gang together making toys. Mm-hmm. And Honker says, you know, why work for money to buy toys? Why can't we just make our own toys? I love Tank's line. He goes... Why can't that jerk just keep his money and call it even? <laughs> <laughs> and then, then, then Quacker Jack goes past on a tricycle and goes, bookkeeping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so insane. He's so crazy. So Goslin, you know, Goslin stages her second walkout. Yeah. So they're so, planning their escape and they start going through the sewers and a little bit above them that she starts making fun of somebody. Somebody's weight. Yeah, before before I get there, and it's, that is a great scene, I, two things I love as they're crawling through the sewers. First of all is this really fantastic shot of the toy teeth bouncing in the inside of the pipes coming after them. Mm-hmm. It's really creepy. Secondly, Goslin smells pizza. She smells pepperoni. She smells olives. The third thing she smells, somehow, is thick crust. Thick crust. <laughs> How do you smell thick crust? Yeah, I have part no of, idea. <laughs> part of the joke, I get it. It's just really funny. Yeah. Then they get to a, a storm grate, and Drake is standing there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we get that weight joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happens? She calls him a, a fat oaf. And he goes, "Don't you talk to your father that way? You have some respect." And he <laughs> goes, "Do I really look fat?" And <laughs> this scene is great because it's all these great shadows on Goslin from mm-hmm. the sewer. Like the light shining in from the grate is shining on Goslin, and the, the the shadows, the colors, her panic like expressions are great. And the toy teeth show up, they bite Tank right on the butt, and since the kids are all chained together still, they pull them away, and you see Goslin disappear fade away, yeah. <laughs> reflecting in Drake's eyes. Yeah, it was an amazing shot. His and the drawings of Drake panicking, looking into the grate. He has the great lines, the dirt lines on his face. 
he's like, this is a job for... No, he retired. And just the drawings of like Drake processing that he's going to come out of retirement. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I know he wants to do this for Goslin, but immediately he goes toward what the headline's going to look like. Yeah. You know, the perfect parent protects his progeny. Darkwing Duck makes Smash comeback. Like any newspaper is going to report that. Mm-hmm. Because does anybody in St. Canard care about Darkwing Duck? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, so but then Darkwing makes an appearance. He he's trying to rescue uh Goss. Well, he does rescue Goss. Yeah, well, Quacker we Jack get... has her in front of a firing squad. He's mm-hmm. gonna kill her. What did they fire at him though the first time? Toy guns. Yeah, but, but like it was like some stuff that like got stuck on him or something. What was that? Oh, that's later. They they, oh, okay. they, they fire at him. Um Darkwing shows up. Before they do that, he gets his entrance. He goes, I am the quality time. That ruins your playtime. Oh, I love that line. And I also love what he does. He takes his cape, throws it over Goslin, and when he pulls the cape away, uh, her hands are untied. Like, he just magically unties her arms. That's really cool. Yeah, but then the toy soldiers fire at him, and they burn him to a crisp. Mm-hmm. But that's when Quacker Jack fires the... What is he shooting him? Uh, Remember? Well, that's... That's what I'm. That's what I was asking you. What did he shoot oh, at them the oh, second time? Like where the where he got stuck on him? Oh, the nutty putty. Nutty putty. Okay. Did you did you ever play with silly putty as a kid? Nah, I never did. No. No. Oh, silly putty was great. You oh it was like they they sold it in toy stores in a little red capsule that was egg shaped. You open the egg, you get this tan putty. You could stretch it, you can roll it up, and when you pr- placed it over a newspaper, it pulled the print off. Oh, see, I, I had no idea what that was. That's why when they said it on the episode, I was like, what the heck are they talking about? And they still make it, but it was a lot more popular back then. It's straight out a copy of Silly Putty. So he calls it Nutty Putty. He fires okay. it out of a cannon. It hits Darkwing, but he's wearing his Teflon suit. Mm-hmm. I think but, he mentions that again in another episode, wearing his Teflon suit. But then we get some new soldiers that I really like the way they were drawn, man. We get the flamethrower so- soldiers. And they're like wearing green, uh, green military mm-hmm. outfits too. Not yeah. like the, not like the British toy soldiers from before. These are like actual like commando soldiers mm-hmm. with flamethrowers. And this is great. Quackerjack tells them to fire, and they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. He has to and line them is, up. This is great close up. His cheeks turn red, and you see a close up of his eyes darting back and forth because he's embarrassed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he has to wind them all up. Yeah, they they fire their flamethrowers. And then Darkwing grabs the Nutty Putty, rolls it up into a bowling ball, and rolls it at the uh, the uh, the toys, rolls them up. Mm-hmm. And um, Goslin's frees her friends. Everybody leaves, except Honker. Honker hangs around for a little bit and then disappears. Yeah. Like, I don't know what happened there. Like, you see Honker a short while later, and then he just kind of, something happens and Honker's gone. Um, so the final fight between Darkwing and Quackerjack, it's like, I feel like this is the definitive Darkwing and Quacker Jack fight. Mm-hmm. Like, do you agree? Yeah, it's a, it's a great fight because you get Quacker Jack. I think, in my opinion, when he was dressed up as a Grim Reaper, ooh, ooh that looks so awesome, man! Like, whoa, oh, I never yeah. saw that. You know? <laughs> yeah, Darkwing comes along the conveyor belt, and these these tiny Grim Reapers. He's like, Quackster, babe, you gotta seek professional help mm-hmm. and then he looks up and we see from darkwing's point of view quackerjack as the grim Re- reaper holding a scythe mm-hmm. it's really hardcore i love that shot and um so next um darkwing chases quackerjack on the the tread you know on the conveyor belt quackerjack jumps off darkwing crashes into the wall and we start this running gag where goslin keeps trying to help darkwing but mm-hmm. everything she does makes it worse and every time she makes it worse, she says, um, there goes my allowance for a week. There goes college. And then she says, there goes the inheritance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we get a whole bit with Darkwing um, in Lederhosen being puppeteered by Quacker Jack. Yeah. He's up and he's like, you know, like he's doing the whole Geppetto thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really funny. And Goslin tries to help him. She gives him a club. And the way Quacker Jack moves the strings, he's bonking himself in the head. Mm-hmm. And then, then things don't go well. Goslin tries to free him. She pulls on the strings. Darkwing spins around and then crashes into something. And yeah, what, go ahead, go ahead, Mike. And I love it. This is it's it's nothing but laughter from Michael Bell. Quackerjack is laughing at Darkwing, 
but then sees what he's about to crash into and immediately goes, <gasps> and it's just, it's a very quick gasp, but Michael Bell sells it because Darkwing crashes right into this big tower of blocks. Yeah, it knocks all the toys over. The whole kingdom crumbles. Yeah. And really good animation of the, the, the everything's crumbling and Darkwing and Quackerjack are trying to run away from it. But it's like, that must have been so hard to animate all the individual toys and blocks falling everywhere. Again, mm-hmm. J- Japan, they're masters at that kind of stuff. But Quackerjack's kingdom crumbles. It's done. Yep, but then Quackerjack has one last plan, though. He wants to inflate another Bobo. Yeah, he says there's only one thing left to do. Um, so Banana Brain comes back. Yep. Go- Goslin's looking for Darkwing. She pulls Banana Brain out of the rubble, and she's like, Dad? And then Darkwing shows up, and his hat is shredded, and it looks just like Banana Brain's head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's a funny little visual gag. So, yes, return of Bobo. Yep. Tell Bobo. Us- yeah, Bobo inflates, and Goss and Dark, uh, Darkwing, they're, they're struggling. They're getting suffocated. Can, can, I, can I tell you, when I first saw this one, I don't know why my mind went there. I knew how this was going to end. I just knew. Like, I know my cartoons, you know? Mm-hmm. And I knew where this was going. But what I love is they get to bond because they both legitimately think they're going to die. Mm-hmm. It's really sweet. Like, do you agree? Yeah. It's, 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 it's nice. They apologize to each other. They both agree they should have, you know, Goslin says it wouldn't have killed me to wear the costume. Drake says, you know, I shouldn't have stopped crime fighting. And Goslin's like, well, if I was better in school. And this is really beautiful bit. He asks her for to forgive him and tries to reach out to grab her hand. Yep. It's it's really sweet. He says, give me your hand, sweetie. Give me your hand. And it's 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 adorable. But he finds a mouthpiece. Yeah. As soon as they, as soon as they find that thing and she tells him they lose use his teeth, I knew that do I really look fat gag was gonna pay off. Because again, mm-hmm. I know my cartoons. He can't pull the stopper out of it. So she tells him to use his teeth. He uses his teeth. And what happens to Darkwing? He sucks all the air in. Yep, you see him floating there like a Macy's balloon. And he says, Come on, be honest. I do look fat don't I? Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what? I knew that was going to happen, but it pays off the joke. Mm-hmm. You know, So it does, the good joke comes in threes. Every act had that do I, do I really look fat joke. Pays off. Good ending. Um, the final scene though, finish us off, Will. LP still stalling, you know, at, back at the play. Drake returns to the play and he gets rid of the, the, the pe- perfect parent book. Mm-hmm. She finds the book, she tells him he dropped it, he chucks it in the garbage. Mm-hmm. And he tells her, um, we crime fighters have a very innate sense of child rearing. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? He says. And she's like, yeah. And he takes off her crown or tiara, whatever she's wearing. He gives her her baseball hat. Okay. And the last scene is Drake. His chest is puffed out. He's a proud parent. He does mm-hmm. a good job. He doesn't need a book to tell him what to do. Mm-hmm. And before we wrap up and move on, launch, when we cut back to Launchpad, he's doing hand puppets on the wall. Did you see what one of them was? No, I couldn't tell. Donald Duck. Oh, it was Donald? Yep, it has a Donald Duck sailor hat on it. Okay. Now, so, Mike, uh, due to time constraint, uh, what, what what are you going to rate this uh, episode? Okay, how, many gas gun, how many gas four. gun counts are you going to give it? Four? Four. Four. Okay. Yep. Um, it isn't like one of the top tier, very, very, very best episodes of all time. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's lots that are like much better than this. But it's a great Quacker Jack episode with fantastic Disney Japan animation. It's I think it's a definitive Quacker Jack one, and it's a really good one for Drake and Goslin's relationship. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving it a four. Okay, I'm gonna go four and a half because the the animation on Quacker Jack alone, from him in the kingdom with the sitting on the throne, Banana Brain looks awesome. Uh, the Grim Reaper, his toys are just amazing on this one. Like they really fight for him, and they they. They're destructive. The The toys are not playing around, so he those, has an army. Those, yeah, those teeth are very aggressive in this one. The teeth, the soldiers, the flamethrowers, Bobo, Mr. History Doll, he, the panda, the nutty, um, putty. the nutty Putty, the dog. Man, Quacker Jack is a beast in this episode, man. I don't know why this episode don't get talked about, but I'm going to give him a, I'm going to give the episode a four and a half. Uh, Ooh, we, good yeah, for you. Four and a half. 
we've already rated Quacker Jack. Um, yep. I'm rating him again for the third time. Uh, uh-huh. Last time I said I was giving him Infinity. This time I'm going to go Infinity plus Infinity. Yep. You could. You should have said Infinity and Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> I still. Hey, I still got. I still got two more solo Quacker Jack episodes. Who knows what I'll rate him? Oh. <laughs> All that right. So very true. All right, so Mac, that's uh, I said Mac, Mike, that's Toys R Us. Um, what do we got next? Next, we have another one I really I like a lot: the Secret Origins of Darkwing Duck. Hey, that's a spoiler cool. alert. It's not how it really happened, but it's a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that and, was oh, and oh, and big news for that one: Nega Duck's back. Nega Duck. Well, we haven't seen Nega Duck since Justice Ducks, right? No, he's finally back and this is a tour de force for jim cummings um but say no more catch us next time good one coming up okay but before we close this out i just want to say we're recording this on happy mother's uh, on mother's day so happy mother's day to all the mothers out there and uh happy birthday to my father uh thanks dad for raising me uh, by yourself as a single dad just like drake i appreciate it love you to death and um anything you want to close out with mike I, happy Mother's Day, too, to everybody who's listening. I know it's probably a month out from Mother's Day, but, you know, give your mom a hug and a kiss, you know? Right. Tell her how much you love her. Yeah, and if it's Father's Day, happy Father's Day, because Happy Father's Day is in June, ain't it? Yeah, so, okay. yeah, give your dad a hug, too. All right, guys, <laughs> and I, I apologize if it, I'm rushing us at the end, but, you know, we have this time thing. We have to get it up on from our hosting site, so I apologize for that. But, guys, uh, remember to stay dangerous. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, everyone.